Hello, and welcome to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny. We are here to give you our takes on all things TV. Today, we're talking about episode five of The Last of Us. Jess, do you want to give us a quick rundown on the plot? Yeah. So in this episode, we see Joel and Ellie encounter Henry and Sam, a pair of brothers who are running from the hunters in Kansas City. Henry and Sam enlist Joel and Ellie's help in order to get them all safely out of the city and away from Kathleen and her crew. Obviously, some other stuff happens, too. I I just want to say I watched a lot of this episode thinking like, okay, they're they're doing the thing. They're making their way. Um, ho-hum. And then the last five minutes. Definitely ho-hum. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, this is devastating. I ugly cried, like hiccup cried. Like I needed to stop the show because I was dying. I will say I – the third episode, clearly great television, clearly also sad. I didn't cry. I didn't shed an actual tear. I just felt emotionally wrecked. This, I I cried. Like I, I shed many tears. I definitely cried episode. more in this one. Yeah. I did cry in episode three, but it was almost like happy tears. It's funny. I saw a tweet from – it was either Druckmann or Mason. can't remember which one. That was like, why is everyone crying? This is the happy episode after episode three. And I thought it was a joke. Like I thought it was a, like totally a joke. And now I realize he was serious. <laughs> like that was the happy story. <laughs> to be So Carter watched episode three after me and he had also seen all of the things about like, oh no, this is a sad episode. Like steal yourself. You're gonna, you're in for an emotional ride. And afterwards his response was very similar to that tweet that you just read, which was, he was like, I kind of feel like they got the best, like they got to grow old together and die on their own terms. Like, isn't that kind of all you can ask for in this, like, I don't know, messed up world that they're living in. So yeah, I guess, (laughs) I guess that was the happy episode. He is right. I mean, it's sad in the way, like I said this in that, in the episode where we talked about that episode, that it's like the first 10 minutes of up, like it's sad in a way Mm. that's like, it's sad, but it's not tragic. I don't think it, right. it's it it's just emotional. It's like very yeah. yeah. It is. This Whereas one... this film, <laughs> pure devastation, tragedy. If episode three was about love and hope in the face of you know a bad world, this was about how just truly fucking awful this world is and how it will rip apart your life and everything you hold dear. And like you, it could just all go wrong in an instant, essentially. Very emotionally draining. By the end of this episode, while I was crying, it was clear. I I don't think any new characters that enter at this point are going to last more than an episode. You know, like if they introduce a new character, I just got to be prepared for them to die very soon. I had fully planned after like meeting Sam and Henry there like traveling for at least like a few weeks. I was like, maybe they'll live. Maybe they'll they'll go their separate ways at some point, but they'll we'll have a few episodes of Sam and Ellie hanging out, doing some fun things. Nope, immediately cut off. Just like immediately dreams shattered. It's just like, it's clearly the last of us for a reason. It's going to be Joel and Ellie. They're going to be the last. Like, I don't know. No, it's funny because I had the same journey, same thought process. I was you know, 50 minutes or whatever through the episode. And I think it's when Joel asks or somebody brings up like, oh, we're going west and it's like, come with us. I think Ellie like extends Mm -hmm. the invitation. And of course, Joel's like, "Uh, no, don't. But I then get this sense that, oh, they're all going to travel together. And I was like, that's interesting because I didn't expect them to have 
travel companions. And so actually I texted Fallon uh, and for the listeners, Fallon was our guest on the last episode. So she is our, she's our last of us expert. But I texted her to be like, okay, I have, I have just one question so far about, or I didn't say so far. I said, I have one question about episode five regards regarding the game. Do Sam and Henry appear in the game? Was my question. And she texted back, yes, they definitely do. And the part where Sam gets turned and then Henry has to kill him and then kills himself is also in the game. And just as a, as a reminder, the first thing I said when I started this was I was at this point 50 minutes into the show, so I didn't actually know yet. Oh, no. I, I didn't know yet that that was going to happen. I don't know. And it was so stupid of me to text her. And it's funny. I didn't tell her this, so she's going to be mad that she she's going to be upset that I didn't tell her this because she'll be upset at herself for ruining it for me, probably. I'm so sorry, Fallon. I'm dumb. Uh, I just had this thought like, oh, this is cute. I guess they're going to be like on the Western expansion together. And I just want to know if that was in the game. And I just hadn't – I should have waited because, yeah, it was it was ruined for me. But you know what's funny is it was ruined for me and I was like, oh, sad that I just, you know, made Fallon spoil this for myself because I'm so stupid. And then it happened like minutes later. I like watched it play out and I still ugly cried. I, watching it was so much worse than reading that that was going to happen. That acting was so Lamar Johnson as Henry. Like, I am just shook. A couple things. Every time they have an encounter with the infected, they come away and everyone acts like they're fine. And I, every time I turn to whoever I'm watching with and I'm like, someone got bitten. Who got bitten? Who was it? <laughs> like, who's it going to be? And then I was like, oh, they're just like not going to check each other. They're, they're, Maybe they did earlier. Maybe they did in another scene. They're fine. And then when the little boy, Sam, rolls up his thing and he says he's scared and like, are monsters still you underneath or whatever the quote was? I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, why? Oh, like, at least not that it would have been good if it were Henry, but like, maybe then they could have taken Sam with them. I don't know. Like, it. anyway. Um, so, yeah, every time they meet, they go with the infected, obviously someone's gonna get bitten like that's I just never think that I guess I'm an optimist because I literally watched the whole fighting scene and I was like wow they're really fighting them off nobody seems too worried about getting bitten uh, True. So honestly just... not worried enough yeah <laughs> clearly this brings me to one of my first notes okay well not one of my first notes but one of the most prominent which is all caps uh I had literally move don't watch Kathleen get got just move why are you all standing there and I was so mad every time they all just like turned around and stared at the infected coming at them. I was like, you don't have guns that have ammunition in them. You need to go. You need to just book it. I think part anyway. of my problem with fight scenes is I hate violence. So I can stare right at it and still not really like process it. Like my brain sort of shuts off. And I actually did my best mm. this time to be like, no, Jess, you have to watch it, like actually watch it because you have to talk about it later. <laughs> and so I was really trying to like <laughs> pay attention to it, but I still like I can't do the the really like combat heavy stuff. I just like I didn't even I didn't have those thoughts at all. I was just like waiting for it to be over, which is a bummer because it was a really cool fight scene, actually. Like the zombies coming out of the hole was it well, it was very interesting looking. Yeah, where when the truck went down into the thing my first thought was like oh all of the zombies under there sorry not zombies infected are going to get crushed but that was not how it played out at all 
Oh, how did you even know that the infected were down there? Because they said they were like, oh, underneath the city are all like the tunnels, the tunnels are all filled with stuff. But then they were in the tunnels yeah. and there was no infected. But they said they got because they had cleared out one specific tunnel, but not not that they had cleared oh. out the full underground. Yeah, you know that makes more sense. I guess some of them were probably crushed, and then the others that I guess, weren't. I guess you're right, and they just in. sort of opportunistic. Yeah, that's fair. What I wrote down then was that it was very World War Z train to Busan, like style zombies, because, you know, like the really fast moving, like swarm, World War Z especially, the like swarm, the really fast moving uh, swarm of zombies was very World War Z. And I thought that was cool because there hasn't been like a whole lot of that in the show so far. We're on episode five and there's been very little zombie combat where like zombie groups yeah. <laughs> of people. So I was like, oh, yeah. this actually is really cool to see. And the big mega monster was so dope. <laughs> I, was your it, reaction? Like it came, yes. It, well, it came out of the hole and I like gasped. Like I had an actual moment of like, oh my God, what the f- is that? And I think that's so cool that they pulled that off. Like that, like that fear inside me, which is dope. I thought it was so cool. I... I liked it too, but for a different reason, because it totally reminded me of a video game of like, you start out with all of the the low level, like minion type bad oh, guys yeah. that you have to, that you like learn how to fight off. And then eventually like a bigger one that takes more strikes to kill or like whatever the thing is. It's just like has like better shielding mechanisms or something. Like, it's just like a slightly boss. harder thing. And I was like, oh, here comes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> or like the next level. The big mega monster thing is called a bloater in the game. I asked Fallon if it had a name. Bloaters in the game at least are infected that are like past being clickers. So like even I guess like more oh shit. More infected than the clickers. But you know, obviously like they haven't like explained yet in the show what that is. They also haven't used the term bloater. And she thinks they just put it in this episode as sort of like a a nod to the game fans. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know you guys really want to see a bloater. So like here's a bloater. That's what she said. And honestly, it makes sense because the bloater didn't actually end up being the big boss or whatever you want to call it. Like, it just popped out and then it was like gone. Like, we didn't see it again. So I think that was probably what was going on. There. I mean, it ripped that guy's cle- head clean off his body. Oh, so it did crazy. something. Ugh. Yeah. I really liked the little horror elements in this, or maybe not the horrors, maybe not the right word, but that sort of like combat horror stuff that like I, I try not to look too much at or like turn my brain off while Mm. I watch like they did do a really good job of it from the stuff that I did use my brain to watch especially the like kid (laughs) infected like the child infected children yeah that was infected children fucked up that was so so crazy especially the kid infected in the car in the truck with Ellie I thought that was like really well done moment that kid it was like an exorcism-esque like movement with the weird crawling in I yeah. love, that's what I mean by like it had like horror elements to it. It did, and yeah. I, I think they were so well done. And I I don't know I like when the show like leans into that because it's crazy to me that you get these like super emotional story arcs and also really well done horror moments. Like, what a cool genre blend! I don't know if this falls into the same for when you were describing this. Um, not necessarily like a genre blend comment, but more of. I can be watching these horror slash action scenes and then also feel the emotional pull of of Ellie trusting Joel and Joel being up in his sort of like perch tower 
shooting off, like watching her so intently. And as she moves places, sort of like getting her, having her back by, you know, targeting the things that are coming towards her. And she realizes this, like, like after the second one dies around her, she like looks up and looks at Joel. And I like, I don't know if, I hope this is a normal reaction, but I have like a swelling of like, oh my God, like he's there for her sort of thing. Like more than I would have expected myself to in an action me scene. But it had like this, like, thank God Joel is there. Like, and Ellie knows. And they're like, you know, they're having a little connection. I just really liked that. That is not something I thought of, but I appreciate that. I think that is a nice moment. (laughs) All my thoughts were, how is he so good at sniping? (laughs) He was really good at it. He was really good. They don't explain that, or they haven't yet. I wonder if um, his brother having been, like having served maybe a practice together or something. I don't know. He's from the South. Maybe he went to a lot of gun ranges. Incredibly pre, good at pre-pandemic. it. Pre-pandemic. Uh, another note I got from Fallon was that the, that sniper scene is pulled directly from the game. So as the gamer, you play as Joel and he has to go around the back of the house, kill the sniper, and then you play as him um, taking that out tracks. enemies. Yeah. Yeah. It did feel – once she said that, I was like, yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah. Speaking of um, – of- Ellie and Joel in this episode, some of the lighter moments, we can come back to the heavier, you know, death and destruction. But two things that I wrote down immediately were the he's just got asshole voice uh, that Ellie says to Sam and Henry when Henry was like, why do I feel like sounds funny? Why do I feel like I can't trust the fact that he says we're good? (laughs) She's like, he's just got asshole voice. Like, Joel, tell them they're going to be okay. He's like, everything's fine. (laughs) He sounds like a serial killer. (laughs) Yeah, and Ellie's like, come on, man. <laughs> I I wrote down that the dynamic of Ellie being like, don't mind him. He's a grumpy old man was cute. <laughs> like I had the same thought. I was like, okay, so I love this. And when uh, Henry makes some comment about like, your dad is like really whatever. And they both go like, he's not yeah, my dad. Not my I'm dad. not her dad at the same time. Almost like a classic like line. I, like it obviously wasn't like breaking any new ground, but it was just no, it's gimmicky, but it's cute. Cute. Yeah. I don't know. They're pulling off these sort of like gimmicky or cliche moments really well. And uh, yeah, I guess it's just a mix of the writing and the acting. I think the performances like are just so genuine. You really believe that he's this grumpy old man and that she's this just like young person trying to find glimpses of happiness. This is not linear. I now just this popped in my head. Um, The conversation she and Sam have at the end. I know we're bringing us. I'm bringing us right back to the to the sad part, just really quickly, um, because I thought the conversation they have where he says like, "Why are you never afraid?" and she says, "I'm always afraid." And then she gets her little joke in about you know of scorpions, Uh, but then Mm -hmm. for her to say, "I'm afraid of being left alone." First of all, I cried at that a little Mm -hmm. tiny bit. Was this very? It just it reminds you again that she doesn't have anyone and she is really attached but she has Joel already now. to Joel. Yeah. Yeah. And also that that is a that is a point that I've thought about before. She's very she comes out very brave, very plucky. And that's what Sam was referencing, that she doesn't seem like she's ever afraid. But she must be because she's a kid. You know, she's a kid experiencing this world and it's horrible. It's also sort of just the only world she knows. So she I think has more of a ability to like compartmentalize maybe but I don't know I just thought that that was a very like kid-like but also very mature moment for her and in a way that I felt like it grew her character 
But we can go back to the fun moments now that I've, I've I just briefly had to bring us back <laughs> to the sad ones. But what else you got for fun? I mean, cute, but also, but still a little heart wrenching in ways. But the them like Sam and Ellie getting a chance to be kids together for a little while when they find the comic book and they have their whole like endure and survive situation, and then. Even like Joel and Henry have their little aside, like that's kind of redundant. Like that's not as a great catchphrase or whatever. But the sentiment that Sam and Ellie both just like they take so much heart from that and they like connect so well over something like that. It's it was both uplifting, but also then even worse when you know they neither endured nor survived Henry Oof. or Sam. Thanks, Jenny, for that one. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> But I thought they were so cute. Those like those in between scenes, yeah, really great. It was really apparently great. the um, the moment. So in the same sort of scene where they're playing in the bunker and they're just like being kids and they find the, the comics and whatever, there is a big game Easter egg. Tell me, Fallon told me she was really excited about this one. So on the wall in the bunker that they find is like a all the a drawings. Drawing, yeah. One of them it says. Uh, our protectors and it's two guys and it says Danny and Ish. So Danny and Ish Mm -hmm. are basically there's this whole thing in the game that involves the bunker and involves these two guys, Danny and Ish that are the protectors. And you learn about this in the game through like a note that you can open or something. But Fallon was saying that like, you know, it was actually a really small detail in the game because like I said, it's just in like a letter that you can open and read about, Mm -hmm. but that, so she was surprised they included it. Uh, And, you know, it's thinking again about how much appreciation for the fans the adaptation is showing. And I thought that that was a cool, just like obviously a thing that you wouldn't even think twice about as like me or you probably who hasn't played the game, but that somebody who has would be like super stoked about it. I think that's cool. That was, that's interesting to know actually, because when they panned slowly over that our protectors and then with the names, I was like, oh, I wonder if I, have to, if I have to remember this for later. Like, I wonder if they're panning over this specifically so that I should remember it. And then I didn't remember their names. But when you say that it's a nod to something that happened, like that, that, that makes, makes sense so why sense. they like That's took a cool. beat on it. I think you're yeah, more exactly. observant than me because I was like, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I just sometimes just like turn my brain off a little bit, I think, which is problematic. I just think everyone's trying to pull one over on me and watching TV shows all the time. <laughs> I'm just like, what? why are they trying to get me? I like not expecting things, though. I think it's more fun that way. Yeah, it's probably a better way to be. <laughs> oh, I think it's more fun. Yeah, one more game detail via Fallon. And we'll just have her on again next mm. time because it's silly that I'm just yeah. reading her notes. <laughs> the Thank correspondent. You, we appreciate you. So the comics that they find are apparently big in the game as well. So you can it like becomes a collectible that Cute. Joel can okay. find throughout the world and gives to Ellie and she like reads them throughout. Oh. And that endure and survive uh, tagline is like really big um, for the game. So Lots of that checks game out, yeah. Moments in this one, yeah. I thought that that made sense nice. when she said that because they do say, like, they say under and survive like quite a few times, even in this episode. A couple thoughts on the Kansas City rebellion people, like the Kathleen and her and her crew. I have a hard time. I get, I get. We talked about this last episode that it's this TV show and apparently game are very much like it's hard to say there are bad guys and good guys because everyone is sort of out for whatever cause they think is the right cause. They're just trying to protect what's most important to them. Totally. Kathleen, 
does seem like she's a little bit on her, like she's thirsty for blood. Doesn't matter. Like she's a little, she's seeing red. And I, I understand that it's coming from a place of loss, but everything that we've seen her do, she's a little gone. She's gone overboard. I don't know. And I, I know that's like from, we are primed to be on the side of Henry and Sam, just by nature of, you know, they're with Joel and Ellie and we get more of their backstory. But even with the stuff that, like that that scene of her with her right-hand man, whose name I forget, the long-haired one with the gun. You know who I'm talking about. Perry. Thank you. Where she's in her childhood bedroom. And I think it's supposed to be, I don't know, maybe it wasn't supposed to be a moment of humanization, but there's that moment where she, you you sort of feel like connected to her because she's talking about her older brother and how he always used to make her feel safe and now he's gone and how he would want her to forgive Henry, but she just can't. And that moment really turned up like, and he even said, Perry says something like, he didn't make any changes. Like we all loved him. You have in our community. But there's like, I, I found myself trying to figure out how to feel about both of them. Uh, Perry clearly trusts Kathleen and like has built up a, a love for Kathleen and they are supporting each other and like leaning on each other. He clearly trusts her choices, even though sometimes he thinks she's being rather ruthless. And that scene of her in her bedroom, I sort of saw it, read it as like, she is become completely sort of for the greater good. And yet the for the greater good is pushed aside when her brother is involved, like when getting vengeance for her brother is involved. So it's not a pure for the greater good that she has in mind. She has this like blinders on for getting revenge for her brother. She's an interesting character. Actually, I wanted to talk about her too. I went through sort of an arc of my own trying to figure her out. (laughs) My first thought was, it came from the same scene, I think, that your like entry to all these thoughts was, which is where she's pointing the gun at Ellie and Sam and Henry uh, when those three are trying to escape. And again, my my thought in the moment was the show is making us question, you know, who's good, who's bad, showing us that there's not really a right answer to that because when she gets attacked by the infected, it feels wrong to cheer on her death, like to be happy about it, knowing that she was just trying to survive in this terrible world and knowing that a lot of her character was driven by the pain of losing her brother. However, I also wrote down and thought, what the fuck is wrong with her that she has no empathy? And I wrote that after she said kids die all the time because I was like, okay, this is extreme. This is more than just, you know, I have vengeance for my brother. Like, Oh, yeah. That's hardcore. Uh, So I think she's a sociopath is where I landed on that. Mm. And then I don't know. I don't know that we got a chance to really care about her character or even dig into it enough to have an opinion on her death in the end. Like they brought Mm. in this whole character. And I think Fallon mentioned this in the last episode, but this character is not in the game. So this was fabricated for the show. And I think I get the sense based on that Henry and Sam are from the game but in the game, Henry and Sam are just like people also trying to find their way out of Pittsburgh. Um, remember, Pittsburgh is equal to Kansas City, game versus show. And there's no backstory of like Sam having cancer and Henry like killing anyone or giving anyone Being up or an whatever. Informer. Yeah. Yeah. So since that doesn't exist and they had to, you know, add, I, I guess, something to the like the Henry and Sam storyline, they fleshed out this Kathleen character. They fleshed out the hunters into this resistance and gave them more motive, but it wasn't a character that was going to last long in the show. And I just, I don't think they really knew what they were doing with that character. That's where I'm ending up. 
with my opinion mm. on Kathleen. I don't know that it really added anything enough. And it sort of felt like the first half of this episode dragged. Like I was saying that in the beginning, I felt a little bit like, okay, ho-hum. I think that's because I didn't really care about that character. Hmm. I I will disagree with you on that. I didn't have any of the similar, like, I didn't think it was, I didn't, I didn't have the conscious thought like this is dragging or any really negative feelings toward how they handled Kathleen. Partially, I think, because when she did die after, yeah, it was like, wow, what, what a sociopath. You have no empathy. And also it's complicated because it seems like, it seems like the motives are not, are, are purely your own and you've gotten this army of people to follow you just for your own vendetta. But when she died, I did have the thought like, I'm relieved that she died rather than killed people that I, that I, the story was built up for me enough to care about. But I did still have a pang of like, oh man, she could have, you know, been distracted by the thing, but not killed by it and like lived in Kansas City and they could have just escaped. Like that would have been okay by me too. And then maybe just like thought about her life and her choices. And <laughs> come to like, you know, a healthier place with the death of her brother, etc. So I had, I didn't feel, I don't know, I didn't, I, I feel fine with, with how they handled her, just because it kept playing into the same, like, life is complicated. I felt conflicted about her death. While also be like, it, I f- it made me feel a little like a character in this show where I was like, she's a person too, but right now she's the enemy. So like, yes, it's better for me if she goes down, but in the end, it's still a human, like it's still a loss, which, yeah, which I kind of liked. Clearly, I didn't like death. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I like I get what you're saying, too. And like I said, and part of my my journey with her character was going through that, like, oh, I like that they're again making us think about, you know, people aren't good or bad. And mm-hmm. yet, it does feel like they were sort of trying to tell She's us bad. that she was evil. <laughs> and Maybe I would have liked and appreciated her character more if they'd taken out the like kids die all the time. I'm a sociopath shit and just made her a nuanced person that was hurting from her brother's death. Because I think that would have very much fit with what the show has been trying to tell us about this world. And obviously like evil people might exist in this world. I'm not saying like that doesn't make sense. I just don't know that it made sense for this character. So anyways, that that was my Kathleen journey. Definitely she needed some therapy for sure. Like she was not going to be kind to her fellow humans again uh, until she had some sort of help, <laughs> be it, you know, meds or severe trauma therapy or whatever, grief therapy. She was not doing well. Let's, I think we could both agree on that. Yeah. I don't know if evil is the right term, but like, yeah, she was clearly trending toward not great for her fellow human. And I guess it's like you're supposed to know, too, that she's been hardened by the 20 years of Fedra rule. And we learn in this episode that Fedra in Kansas City was particularly terrible. And so mm-hmm. I could believe that someone could get there. There's just something very brutal about her willingness to kill Approach, Ellie yeah. and Sam that just didn't really make sense to me. And I struggled with that just a little bit. But then again, I mean, the fact that we're talking about it is – means that I don't know they did something right I guess it's also interesting because like Fallon said this is not part of the game at all but I I'm thinking so much about now what Fedra must have been like what those 20 years must have been like that the people like what kind of society informs people to then become this ruthless where they think 
hey, it's it's kill or get killed. Like we protect our own, but we don't take any prisoners, you know, like that's clearly the mentality now. And what world must they have lived in that this is that seems rational and normal. So I'm really interested. Like I, I'm glad we got some of this and I hope we, we see a little bit more. And I'm, I'm wondering if um, if there are any other in the game or in the TV show, like post Fedra cities, or even just like if we come across another Fedra city, I just want to know more about the world and what's going on. Yeah, I'm excited um, yeah. about the future episodes. Did you see, did you watch the little like next on The Last of Us? It no, was... only because I was you know trying to finish it quickly so we could talk. <laughs> I was late. It yeah. was a it was just a brief glimpse. I like that they don't really give too much away, but it was a brief glimpse of them in the West, and it looked fun. I was like, oh, another city with more people. Like I, they don't have a car. How'd they already get to the West? <laughs> I don't know, but we'll see. Joel's we'll like, we might out. be going by foot. And I'm like, you're in Kansas City. It's not <laughs> a spoiler, nowhere. though. We knew they were going to get to the West. That's like the whole point sure. of the show. But Do you think we're going to have a time jump? I don't know, man. I didn't think about okay. it this hard. You always think about things I don't think about. I was just like, cool, a Western city. I love it. <laughs> now we're in Wyoming. Um, yeah, It looks more like mm-hmm. Colorado. But I, yeah, I wonder not to get into our location oh, okay. battles again. It's probably not Colorado. I was just saying the- – <laughs> The landscape, it looked like a place mm-hmm. I've been in, like, one of those mountain towns. But then again, yeah. Wyoming might look like that too. But we'll find out. But anyways, yeah, so we're going to en- encounter, like, more people and more little civilizations. And I – yeah, I was watching that and I was like, I can't wait to see – Yeah. To oh, meet that more fun. people. Like, I just want to meet more people in this world. But anyway, that's next episode. So we'll get there soon. But jumping back to this episode, yeah. let's, let's discuss the – Murder, suicide. That's a rough way to refer to that. I'm sorry. It's okay. I guess it was murder, suicide. It was a little like self defense suicide that yeah. happened to also be of his little tiny brother. What the? F- yeah, that was very rough. For a second, I thought Ellie's little experiment was maybe going to work, or even like maybe if it didn't work all the way, that like he would take a little longer to turn or something. But no, her little smearing of blood onto his blood. Yeah, all I could think about was that that's a good way to get a disease. I think yeah, that's for been sure. like too indoctrinated into me because I watched that and I was like, no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. But I think – okay, so like I said earlier at that point, I knew that – I knew what was about to happen because Fallon texted me before I had gotten there. Uh, so I knew that that wasn't going to work. But I – so I don't think I had a lot of thoughts about that. She did say that that's not in the game. Um, so the difference between the game and the show, and I watched actually like the side by side, or I watched the like game enactment of this, and he doesn't tell her, he doesn't tell Ellie that he's infected. He asks the same question like, "Are you still you inside?" And she says basically like, "No, I don't think so." And then it like cuts to oh. his leg, but like just the viewer knows like Ellie doesn't know. And then Ellie wakes up and he attacks her, and so. For the show, they added this whole scene where he tells her and she tries to cure him. And I do really like that. I'm glad they added that. I think that added a layer of like, you know, she's trying to be the hero that everybody's telling her that she is. And you can see that she really like has hope that it's not just like her like last ditch effort. Like she thinks that this will work based on 
I don't know, people telling her that she's Or at least she wants him to think, you know? At least she's putting up a brave face thinking like, if I think it'll work, maybe he'll be less scared. Yeah, it could be that too. Either way, very poignant. I liked that they added that. Her I'm sorry on his grave at the end. Oof. Hurt me. I was hurt by that, but more so the way (laughs) Ellie walked away. And you can tell she's going through it, like just grief emanating off of her. But more than that, the way Joel looks down, sees that it says, I'm sorry, looks over at her. And you can tell that what's going through his head is some version of like that that could be or will be Ellie and me. Like what just happened here could be us. And like the fact that he's like going mm. through that and realizing that that terrifies him because he has gotten close to her. Maybe I'm projecting onto – Onto him, but that's oh, interesting. What I was about. That's yeah, that's not what I was uh, thinking was going through his head. I was a little, I was thinking that his that his look to her and that was filled with the thought of like, I can't believe someone this young has to keep going through so much loss and so much violence and so much like the same way. Uh, last episode, he says like you shouldn't have had to hurt someone. I'm sorry, and mm-hmm. she does the thing like I've done it before or whatever. But just the like, yeah, that was sort of what I was thinking. But that's not to say it wasn't supposed to be, you know. Like, your your read on it definitely makes sense. I think I later in in later thinking about it, I was thinking about how that parallel. The show was clearly drawing that parallel, and I think I think that's going through his head. It's funny to uh, prescribe thoughts to fake characters uh, in a TV show, but that's, that's what we're here for. <laughs> Do you think him seeing the I'm sorry made him think, like, did Ellie know? Do you think there was any part of Joel that knew that Ellie knew? <laughs> this, is a lot, this is a weird sentence. But do you think any part of Joel knew that Ellie knew that he was infected before Sam attacked her? I didn't even think about that. I guess n- probably not. He probably hasn't thought that. Yeah, I was wondering if we were supposed to be getting that from the I'm like from his look and the I'm sorry. If he was trying, if he was like putting together anything. But I'm sorry is clearly like also just like I'm sorry we couldn't protect you. You know that we couldn't bring you with us. Like all of that could be all in that last note that she leaves. But I was just I was curious if if we were supposed to think somehow he knew. I think but he that's probably projecting. doesn't know. know. And I don't think I don't think we're supposed to expect that he knows, I would say. I think it probably is just I'm sorry that we didn't protect you and later he'll find out yeah. like how specifically true that actually is for Ellie. I don't know if she'll tell him or if it will come up some other way, but I'm sure it will come up. If she tells him, he's going to be super pissed <laughs> for sure. All I could think about while I was watching that – oh, I already said that, but all I could think about was how – gross it is to put your blood on someone's cut. I mean, if it had worked, though, it would have been cool, I guess. <laughs> we were talking about how weird it is that whenever anyone does that, they cut like through the palm of their hand, which has got to be the most inconvenient. Like you use your hands for everything. Oh, Can't yeah. you cut somewhere and else painful. so that you're not incapacitated? That's so true. They always slit like the yeah. middle of their palm, like, which like you use to pick stuff up all the time. <laughs> I'm wondering if Joel's going to see her sliced hand at any point in the next episode. Yeah, I think it'll come up. Another thing that was different from the game, Sam is not deaf in the game. And I watched the little like behind the scenes thing at the end with Mason and Druckmann. Uh, They said Mason basically called Druckmann up and I guess he does this at any time he has a 
like a deviation he'd like to make. And he was like, I think Sam should be deaf in the TV version. And it would make – it's like a way that Sam is reliant on Henry even more, which just adds an extra layer of like, you know, Henry needs to protect Sam and it's all that Sam has or he's all that Sam has. And I thought that that was interesting. I thought that was a a change that was – not one that I had a lot of feelings about, but I can see that like that made it a little bit more emotional. But what I liked about it was that you could see how sort of like in A Quiet Place, that movie, I think there's a deaf, there's mm-hmm. like a kid, one of the kid characters is deaf. Yeah, the older sister or something. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I think it's just another chance for like able-bodied people to see how deaf people navigate the world, um, especially in like a post-apocalyptic sort of place where survival is like the only thing going on and seeing how they navigate the world and how they would survive i i appreciated that i thought that was a like an interesting addition yeah i would not have thought that that was not in the game especially just all of the way that that allowed for the conversations between ellie and sam with the board something about them just the fact that they like still the connection was still so easy and flowing between the two of them where you might not expect that to be the case with someone who hasn't been around a deaf person or like doesn't speak sign language. Um, but all of that just felt so right in the, in this story that I would not even have guessed that that was not an original, you know, aspect of the game that Sam was not deaf in the game. Yeah. They made it feel very natural. And actually the conversation they have at the end with the board, Ellie and Sam about like, are you, are you afraid? I'm afraid Mm -hmm. all the time. That is a conversation they have verbally in the game, and they just recreated that, but with the board. So, yeah, what you're saying I think is important, the fact that it, it felt very similar even with this big mm-hmm. difference. And yeah, and I thought that, that that was well done. The actor who plays Sam, Kayvon Woodard, he is deaf in real life. And in the little behind-the-scenes clips, Pedro Pascal mentions, like, oh, Bella picked up ASL, like, super quickly so that she could like tell him how good of a job he was doing or something like that. And it was really sweet. <laughs> My heart. I know. I, I will add, I read one article from, I think it was from a person who was deaf who was criticizing the the way that the portrayal was in this episode, basically saying like they made him too reliant on Henry. Would have been nice if they'd shown him sort of like at least once like fighting a battle of his own you know, like killing an infected on his own, doing something that made him seem less reliant on others. Um, Just bringing up Mm -hmm. that perspective, because obviously it's one that I don't have myself and just wanted to share. I, because he's eight, because he's so young, I think I would have thought of him as reliant on Henry kind of no matter what. Yeah. And I wonder if that's why they did that, because in the game, he's older. So they did age him down in the show as well. So I feel like- Do you know how much older? um, He looks like he's about- Ellie's age in the game. Gotcha. Maybe like a year younger. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I think he's probably like and she's still so young <laughs> in the game. Yeah, and she's what like fourteen. Hmm. Do you have any other any other show thoughts? I think just the overall thought of again how well this show is doing at creating these backstories and making you care for people so intensely so quickly. Because in the first like half of the episode, I was like, okay, Henry and Sam, like they're cool. Sure. And by the end of the episode, with the death of both of them, I was like gutted. And I just I just think this show is doing an incredible job making us really sad. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely no shortage of tears over here. I have one final thought that is not related to how well they're doing, um, you know, in the writing or backstory. I have a thought about the sinkhole that we saw in the last scene, which was clearly a foreshadowing of, oh no, there are infected underground, like just waiting to burst out. But in that room where there was like clearly rubble and it looked like it was almost like breathing, it, I I can't help but just like wonder what, what, like, are they just like infected trying to like push up on the floor? Or are they just trying to, you know, just trying to get out? How do they know to go up there? Do they still have any human thoughts? Like what is the mechanism of infected brain? Like, yeah, anyway, that's <laughs> something I'm just going to keep thinking about until probably the end of this series because I doubt we'll get an answer. Well, I wonder that's if that was just a Kansas City was that just in Kansas City though? Because that, like obviously we saw that ground pushing up thing in Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the I mean potentially other federal soldiers had the idea to push the infected underground, but I think generally that was just a Kansas City thing. I just mean like the fact that they all are trying to get up. Like fungus lives underground, you know? But the fact that they're all they were all like itching to come bursting back through the hole that's created and sort of just like go on a swarm and a, a, a rampage. I don't think we're going to get the answer of what is the mind of an infected actually like, but it does make me think about it a lot. Like the fact that they were just trying to get back to the surface. Why? You know, there must be some human decision-making thing going on in there. Yeah, that sort of goes along with the question, I guess, even if Sam is asking it for his own personal like fear yeah when he asks like basically what part of you know how much of a brain is still you and in the game there's actually a little bit more in that conversation I watched the little clip like I said and he asks he says like oh I've heard that your you as a person once you get infected your brain goes to heaven is basically what he says and like your body's still there and he asks Ellie if she thinks that's true and she basically says no that she doesn't believe that and it's especially sad because in the game, you she doesn't know that he's infected. So he's basically like telling her mm. the last thing he wants to hear. But I also think that that adds something to what your question is about, you know, how, how yeah, what it's like <laughs> in there, in their brains. Right. And then that, that makes me think then like eventually, hopefully when Ellie be, you know, I'm assuming, I'm hoping that their trip out West is like getting Ellie to figure, to, to be the cure somehow. And then if that does happen, how far gone does a person have to be for her to cure them? You know, like, could she get the, what's it called? A bulger? A <laughs> bloater. The one called? That's big and a bloater. <laughs> yeah. Like could a bloater come back from that? I'm just like, I, I'm curious about the mechanisms of everything now. And, um, yeah, that's and then interesting. like, would they remember all of the stuff they did? Like that's trauma to the extreme. Anyway, interesting stuff to consider in the rest of the season. Perhaps we will get answers, but perhaps we will not. Perhaps not. Good questions, (laughs) though. I'm okay with that. Cool. Well, we have another full week and a day as of the time of this recording until we get episode six because we got this one early. Bummed to have to wait that long, but – We can do it. But can't wait. Go birds. And and go birds. (laughs) Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time.
The Double Take Podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen. 